Welcome to We Were So Happy Microaggressions and Where They Happen. I'm your host, Nicole Young. And if you hadn't had a chance to yet, please take a listen to the intro episode, which kind of explains the goals of this podcast, what we're trying to accomplish here, um, and why I think microaggressions are important. And today, as always, we're going to try to provide a space where people of color can break down moments of aggression that happened to them in their lives and hopefully make some sense of it. So joining me today, we have the lovely Stephanie DeWolf. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. She is here to help talk through a microaggression that actually occurred today. Um, and I just needed some backup. And so, <laughs> um, so earlier today, I went to a place called Pagoda, which is a lovely outdoor cafe here in the city of New Orleans. And when I arrived, there was an older black gentleman um, playing the guitar. And he, uh, again, older, so he had lovely locks and they're gray. Um, and he was playing kind of pop music but also traditional jazz standards and other things. And while I was sitting there, I had been sitting there maybe five minutes, right, Steph? Yes, I had just arrived. (laughs) I was on my way running on CPT, and you had just arrived. And the man is playing the guitar, and um, a white woman with a child, so she has about a five-year-old child, and she walks up to him and says, do you take requests? And he says, yes. Um, And she says, you're going to think this is funny, but um, my daughter wants you to play Turn Down for What? (laughs) (laughs) And he looks at her like askew, you know, like looks a little crazy at her and then says, I'm a little too old for that. Is there anything else that she wants to hear? And she says, oh, she's really into Michael Jackson right now. And so he says, I can do Michael Jackson. So he starts playing Michael Jackson. So meanwhile, I am not a part of this interaction you are at observing all. This. I am observing this, but I am almost shaking from right. anger. Right. Let me pause you here and ask you, what is running through your head as you hear this woman say these words? I couldn't believe the disrespect. Right. I couldn't believe how disrespectful she was. Right. And... And so it's funny because I didn't know this at the time, but later on we found out that this is a man who has played with Fats Domino, right. and he's been playing with legends, and he himself, right, is a legend in his own right. right. And it is an honor that he is gracing our little Sunday, whatever, with his playing. Right. And this woman had the nerve to walk up to him and ask him to play Turn Down for What? Because he's a black man. It's crazy stuff. I know. No, I know. It's absolutely crazy. So I'm shaking. I'm shaking. You're shaking and what's running through your head, though? Do I I say something to this woman? Right. Do I say something to this woman? And because, you know, I have this podcast. I have a space where I can process out loud the microaggressions that happen to me. Exactly. Um, But this is... That's not enough. Right. Absolutely. It's not enough. Absolutely. And so I... I'm shaking, and I am texting Stephanie. Yes, real time. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, you just sat down. I can't even. (laughs) And I'm like, do I say anything? And so finally I decided I was going to say something to this white woman. So I go over to her and I say, can I talk to you for a minute? And so she's in a group. It's Jazz Fest here in New Orleans, which for those who are not local, Jazz Fest is a huge, big deal for us. Uh, It's a time of year when about 500,000 people descend upon the city of New Orleans. Um, And this group of people was clearly going to Jazz Fest and had stopped on their way to this event. Um, And so I pulled the woman aside from her group. I said, can I talk to you for a minute? And I pulled her aside and I said, do you know what a microaggression is? And she said, no, I don't. And I said, well, microaggression is a seemingly harmless statement or action 
um, that actually has racialized undertones and can actually make the person to whom they're perpetrated feel really badly. And I said, and the thing that you just did was unacceptable. I'm shaking while I'm doing this. I like, I want to be really clear that like, this is not a moment of like bravery per se. This is like a moment of necessity. Absolutely. And I am shaking. Right. Like, do you want to be talking to this white woman about this? Does anything in you want to be doing this? Absolutely. And that's also like really important to name, right? Because when we're talking about microaggressions, part of how they perpetuate so much is because we are constantly given the pressure of choosing to push through our discomfort and what we feel is right or wrong. And um, I just need to name that because microaggressions have only been able to uh, get to the level of, I don't know, the degree of which they um, circulate in our lives because people don't stop and say, yo, that's not okay. At the same time, is it your job, Nicole, to be, no. So, so we have to constantly wrestle with that. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. So I'd say it, she doesn't, she says she doesn't know what a microaggression is. I explain how what she just did was a microaggression. She says, well, I'm sorry that you took it that way. She is of course very offended because when, and to Steph's point, like when in life do white people have people just come up to them in the moment and be like, the thing that you just did was offensive. It's an offensive action that you just Mm -hmm. took. And I think one of the things, and you and I talked about this immediately after it happened, Mm -hmm. is that at the core of microaggressions is a power dynamic. Exactly. There is a power dynamic that is both a macro power dynamic and a a micro power power dynamic. So in this moment, this black man is a performer in this space. He's working for tips. He's working for tips. (laughs) Let's talk about that. He cannot, at that moment, and keep his job working for tips, say to her, you, <laughs> which he had every right to say. Mm-hmm. He had absolutely every right to tell her, go f*** yourself. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't say that to her mm-hmm. because um, of his positionality as exactly. a performer, but also his positionality as a black man. 100%. And this space, like this podcast is both a space for venting, but also a space for teaching. And it's an important exactly. thing for me to note in this that the key about this microaggression is a thing that happens often, which is people don't know how to relate to people of other races. I mean, and in this case, I'm talking about white people. Yes. White people don't know how to relate to people of other races outside of things about their race, exactly. right? And so the only connector that this woman had in her mind to this black performer in front of her was other black performers. Exactly. And so she said to herself, even though she, even in saying it to him, knew yes. that something was wrong about exactly. it. Exactly. She acknowledged that he was going to take it some kind of way. You so might think this is crazy. something in her knows that this might not actually be appropriate. Mm-hmm. She names that and then goes on to say the thing that she knows might not be appropriate. Right. And I just want to stop there again, yes. right? Because when we move through spaces, um, it's really important to think about the ways that we will name about like what we're about to do and then continue to do it. And that is a white privilege, right? It is a white privilege to be able to at once feel a sense of discomfort about something that's going to come out of your mouth, but be secure enough that you don't think you need to be extra careful yeah. and not say it. To be secure enough and feel like that disclaimer is enough to then go on and say the thing yep. that something in you told you wasn't right to say, yep. right? That's really important. We're seeing a lot of this in New Orleans, but uh, when did it become normal to come into a city and not have to account for your otherness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To not see yourself as a guest. Absolutely. And again, this comes back to whiteness, right? Mm -hmm. It comes back to the construct of whiteness that allows white folks to feel so comfortable um, in their intentions. Yeah. Intentions are not enough, right? And so part of what we're learning here is that, like, 
uh, it doesn't really matter if you didn't mean to offend her or, or offend him or you because you were so deeply offended by it, right? Because it's reminding us of all of our elders, all of the black men in our lives um, who have been erased and slash or unseen to such a degree that to watch you watch this woman do that was triggering to you. Like, you're shaking because this story is all too familiar. But this is a Sunday. Like, <laughs> we were just trying to get some work done I mean, on we were trying to get work done outside. outside. You know what we I mean? We were so like, happy. We, we were so happy. <laughs> we worked nine to five dealing with racial justice. Do we really have to take this on in our free time? <laughs> Like I don't, you don't get overpaid for that shit. No, no. no payment. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining us for this episode <laughs> of microaggressions and where they happen. Thank you to my guest, Defta Wool. Welcome. Thank you, Nicole, for hosting me for creating a space for us to discuss these things, um, a productive space just to process, but then also hopefully instruct. You know, I think we all make psychological associations. But I also think that we all like to deflect the amount of power that we have and how our micro power relates to our macro power. So I'm really glad you framed it that way because I think there's just no way that none of us um, need to be aware of that connection and constantly like holding it as we move through the world. We Were So Happy Microaggressions and Where They Happen is made possible by lots of wonderful contributors and friends, including this week's special guest, Stephanie DeWolf, logo and design by Alexandra H. Corbin, and music by Lion Soul featuring Manchild, produced by Young Focus.